Hello, everyone. This is the Chest of Hope podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Ortiz. Today, we are talking about domestic violence within the Indian culture with Chest of Hope volunteer Aisha and financial officer at Chest of Hope, Nusat. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Chest of Hope. Um, Nusat, I'll start with you. Yeah. I have been working at Chest of Hope since 2012. Uh, I, I was a volunteer and I came on board in 2019. Uh, as a volunteer, I was helping Chest of Hope with the marketing and the IT issues. Then when I came on board, I started as a case manager and now I'm financial officer at Chest of Hope. Wow, so that's been a while. You've been with the Chest of Hope for a while now. Hi, um, I have been a volunteer with Chest of Hope for about um, eight months now, a little before the start of the pandemic. Um, in Feb is when I started volunteering. I seem to be the general dog's body, helping with admin. I'm getting a little bit of training myself with the, the awesome people here at Chest of Hope. Uh, I plan to continue um, with Chest of Hope, and let's see where it takes me. Oh, that's pretty awesome. And uh, Aisha, where are you from? I'm from India, um, specifically from the south of India. So, um, but I was born in the heart of in uh, India, which is the capital, New Delhi. But today, I'm going to be talking a little bit about what happens um, generally in India, and more specifically, where I am ethnically from, the south of India. Oh, okay. And and you, Nisat, where are you I'm from? I'm from north part of India, uh, a small valley called uh, Kashmir. So it's uh, up north in India. Wow, it's is how is how is how is it there? Like, um, what is it like over there? Um, with as far as people's interactions, what's the climate like? What's it? You know, tell us a little bit more about. Uh, my part of Kashmir, it snows there. It's cold there. Right, and uh, people, they are very uh, friendly. So, yeah, that's about uh, North Kashmir. North Kashmir. Yeah. Kashmir? Oh, yeah. wow. How about so, um, where I'm from, the South is very tropical. It's like being in the Caribbean. Really? It's, yeah, it's beautiful. It's clean. It's green. It's coastal. Um, lots of palm trees, lots of coconut trees. Uh, amazing, amazing place. Well, you're selling it to me. When are we open to travel? <laughs> so, ladies, how common is domestic violence in your culture? Uh, I'll talk about Kashmir. It's very common there. When I was there, I came to U.S. around 20 years back. And when I was there, domestic violence was there, but there was no awareness about it. People didn't know it was like very common. Everybody would go through it, but they didn't know it was domestic violence. So now uh, it's a little uh, different. People know about it a little bit, but it is still common over there. Still very common. Yeah. How about um, where you're from? So where I'm from, the thing is, I'm from the south of India, but I grew up in uh, Delhi, the capital. and uh, But I can speak a little bit about DV in uh, South of India and Delhi um, specifically because, uh, well, you get to hear of things. You, although I didn't grow up in the South of India, I know about things that go on because a big chunk of the family is back in South of India as well. So you get to hear things, although I don't have firsthand experience with DV from people in India, but you know, you get to read uh, about it all the time. So it is prevalent. 
specifically uh is it prevalent only in the south of india obviously not it's it's a human thing it's a global phenomenon unfortunately so it's there everywhere to what extent uh quite a bit actually quite a bit it is so is domestic violence often hidden within your culture or is there a lot of support for men and women who voice that they are being abused Okay, so um, the thing is, in um, under the Indian Penal Code, marital rape is not a crime. Wow. Yes, it's not, except during the period of marital separation between a husband and a wife, or if the wife is under 15 years of age. So working within that context, you can only imagine the kind of rampant and yet unreported domestic violence in case of sexual assault within the institution of marriage that happens. So there's that to contend with. Uh, there's just an overview and it gives you a general idea of how prevalent and how unreported it is because of social taboos that exist. You are, you cannot, within the social structure that exists in an Indian society, report on crime um, perpetrated against you by your husband because it's a no-no. Oftentimes because the woman is economically dependent on her husband and the husband's family. So this is the wider social context of what I'm talking about. That's pretty intense. It is. It's pretty intense, especially when you, you know, you mentioned um, um, the wife being how young? As 15, 15, yes. 15, and that's, that's still legal now. Um, over well, there, there, there was a time. Well, now it is uh, they've up the age because you know, okay, you know, with awareness and uh, increased education, even amongst those who are economically, uh, let's just say, not um, up there, mm-hmm. uh, they have up the age just to prevent all kinds of. Oh, okay, that's good. That, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. That's that's. And then what about for you? Yeah, uh, as I told you before, 20 years back, there were uh, no organization, nothing was there about them. There was no awareness about domestic violence. But I have been speaking to some of my friends recently, and there are quite a few NGOs now who help the victims of domestic violence. So it has happened, I think, in the last five years. Mm -hmm. So they are bringing a little bit awareness about domestic violence now in India. That's what I heard. And then... Um, you both are, are involved in your culture locally here, correct? Now, how about locally? I mean, you're telling me about over in India, but what have you seen locally? Is it is it hidden within the the local culture, Indian culture? Like, do they try to keep it hidden and try to kind of... Um... Well, with my experience, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. they do. It's again like a social stigma. They don't want uh, to divorce their husband or they don't want to be called a divorcee kind of a thing so they don't want to uh, you know women usually they stay with their husband Mm -hmm. so there are very few who are extremely abused that they come out that's a shame as far as i know as far as you know i don't know aisha what do you so personally do i know anyone uh, in the us of a within our community who's abused no i don't but that's oftentimes because they do not let on that they're abused because of the shame and the retribution from not just the husbands and the husband's family, interestingly enough, but from the society as well. Because we don't accept abused women. We don't. It's just so defeating for the women to, you know, even come out and say, I'm being right. I'm being abused because even the society turns against them, turns on them instead of providing resources, which 
one would think logically enough is mm-hmm. the next step but no it's we kind of unfortunately turn on them turn against them and that kind of puts a tape on their mouth who wants to come out and be you know ostracized for that mm-hmm. you want help you want resources you want to get out of the situation but that's not what happens and it's often the, like friends like uh, indian friends they'll advise her it's better you stay with him what will you do on your own you can't do anything on your own and kind of a thing like i have experienced that yeah with one of my friends think of know? the kids the think yeah, of the kids think of the kids children yeah. and, and think of yeah. do you think there also might be a fear behind um i don't want to leave because i'm in a country i don't know um do you think there's any of that happening yeah definitely that's uh, that, one reason yeah that yeah. does hold them yeah. back it does hold them back but the fact of the matter is it's more than just the uh, the us because the within the community that we have most of them are uh, educated women but they are still economically dependent on and their husbands, husbands yeah. to provide the kind of lifestyle that they used to mm-hmm. back home and here because they've been married a while or whatever it is so mm-hmm. and to walk away means walking away from that lifestyle and they they kind of weigh the pros and cons and they decide against it because it's too comfortable to leave right and especially for kids then yeah, they want them yeah yeah a lot of they a lot want, of us women have yeah. stayed because we thought okay it's going to kids gonna... are uh, comfortable with over here they yeah. don't want to live yeah. they leave yeah. the kids so what are what are you meant you talked about it a little bit but what are the stigmas in your culture um about men being victims of domestic violence like is it ever talked about it if men come out about it are they chastised like like tell me a little bit about that men for in our place it's like they are head of the family so even if they are abused they won't come out because they want to show that we are head of the family so i have not seen, seen men coming out even if they have abused if even if they are abused yeah it's very emasculating for them to come out and uh, confess to being abused which actually i'm given the scenario that i've presented mm-hmm. in worldwide i mean uh, throughout india indian communities it's very um demeaning and emasculating for a man to come out and say he's being beat or he's being abused even uh, verbally or emotionally they it's it's not a thing that you will find i can with a certain degree of confidence say almost ever because uh, it's they are i mean they in fact i will go so far as to say some of them take a lot of pride in saying that i control my the women in my family mm-hmm. she's under my thumb she does she goes she goes out of the house when i tell her to she has sex with me when i tell her to she respects my parents like this she gets up at 4 in the morning and does everything else for my parents to say something else and to the contrary is going to be shaming for them cuz he might feel like he doesn't have his house in order and people will look at it's down yeah, at him yeah. for not having his for home. not being man enough for man not being enough. man enough to have yes, his exactly. house in order that's right okay yeah. okay um now do abusers in now in your culture um you said that people kind of turn and look the other way and things like that but it might be common not commonplace but it might be known well you know so and so they they do they are very harsh with their wife they do abuse their wife and everything um but then have you seen these abusers over time um come to reform or um get better or anything like that without any outside help like have you ever seen someone who was very very abusive to their wife um you know down the road the abuse lessened or do you would just see it get progressively worse or um I have not personally seen that. I have a friend who uh 
uh, her husband abused her a lot, but it's not changed. It's been, I think, 10, 10 years now, but she's still with him because she is not financially mm -hmm. independent. So she's still with them. I have not seen it in my experience that they change. Okay. So what changes, Elizabeth, in my opinion, is the fact that the, that the structure of the family changes. She either gets a job, she gets out by being economically independent, like I said, which she wasn't before, if she wasn't before. So that is one way of she kind of controls the situation. But that comes from her. I haven't seen men reform. Okay. So now talk to me about dowry. What is it? So um, dowry, broadly speaking, is something that the wife gets when she enters into the institution of marriage uh, with her husband. And it's expected of her. Uh, it's expected of her across all religions, mostly, really. Uh, obviously, some families do not. This is largely generally speaking, really. So it's something she gets. It could be money it could be jewelry it could be a house it could be a vehicle uh or it could be anything something tangible that she gets with her to enrich the family that she's going to get married into or she marries into uh this is expected uh, because largely it's believed that the wife is going to be living off of the husband and so it's expected that she should give something in return Am I right? No, so this yeah. is how it works, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Now, how how would you say it plays its role in domestic violence? Uh, obviously, if uh, wife is not getting anything, so they don't uh, like it, and she gets abused by her spouse as well as in laws. So, as well, yeah, some, some newly married brides they suffer uh, harassment, even death. If they fail to deliver by the in-laws, even the, at the hands of the husband, at the hands of the in-laws, at the and believe me, abuse is the least of the. There have been so many deaths because of uh, related dowry, to, to dowry or failure for the bride to or the bride's family to provide dowry at the time of uh, the wedding or the marriage. Oh my god! There are cases where they have uh, burned the woman alive. They have burned the woman because she couldn't provide the dowry. Wow! Wow! Um, I hope it's not that bad lately or as, as of, of recent years that it's gotten better or. Yeah, it's definitely better because uh, the laws are very strict against it, it now. If they uh, see that if there is a report against someone, uh, someone uh, abusing due to dowry. So laws are very strict about it. Okay, so let me give you some facts. Roughly around 8,000 dowry death cases reported in 2012. And this is according to Indian National Crime Record Bureau. So um, for contextual reference, just so uh, the listeners get an idea of what I'm talking about, the United Nations reports a worldwide average female homicide of rate of 3.6 per 100,000, whereas about 1.6 per 100,000 women are reported in Northern Europe uh, in 2012. So just so roughly... Three times as much, roughly. Three times as many times women as many, in India. Uh, uh, crimes in, against women uh, in India. Than in Europe. Uh, in Northern Europe, yes. So that would be, that's just a little bit of uh, frame of reference to give you an idea how prevalent it is. Uh, this is, and this specifically relates to dowry or the failure to bring dowry and the deaths that uh, ensue as a result of that. Wow. Um, and it's not limited to any uh, religion, by the way. Just so you know, uh, again, get a little bit of uh, 
context here. It's uh, found amongst Hindus, Muslims, Sikhs, and others. These are the main religions that we have in India. Of course, there are many, many, many other religions. Yeah. But um, these are the main uh, religions that are, you can find in India. And it's that across. That request a dowry. Yeah. yeah. It's Everyone. across all religions. Um, so, ladies, tell me about cases that you know of um, where women have left or tried to leave. I have a couple of cases. Cases. One of them is success story, and one of them, she was getting abused, and uh, her husband manipulated and uh, convinced her to go back to India. Now they are back in India. I have no idea how she is doing over there. But uh, another case, one of my friend, her husband was abusing her. And she didn't take it. She took help and uh, she left him. And uh, now she's uh, married and she's in uh, Europe somewhere, I think England or somewhere. In a much and better she's, situation. She's very happy with good, her good, good, good. husband. And she has a daughter. She's uh, taking care of her daughter. And she's very happy. Good. It's good to hear. Aisha, you have yeah, uh, so the case that I talk about today is not very happy, doesn't end very well in the sense that she goes with my friend, this, the friend that I'm talking about, she goes back to her husband, she's abused terribly in front of a child, she's beaten black and blue, and I mean black and blue in front of a child, and she obviously, she came from a uh, well-to-do family, what we call well-to-do in India. She she was, comes from a very professionally qualified well-to-do family, but this happened to her. She left her husband. She's professionally qualified. She moved to another city. She set up herself up. She got a job. Like I said, she's a professional, but she went back to him because she thought the child deserves a, a two-parent family, and uh, obviously the cycle continues to this day. And that, um, so I'm not sure where she's at at this point. I do not have any contact with her because I urged her uh, to get help and she did not want to have anything to do with me. Uh, but the last I heard was that she was back with her husband and he was at it again. That's got to be super disheartening. It is. It's depressing. It's uh, it's defeating, actually, because uh, here I am um, volunteering for a uh, nonprofit which does and works with women. Uh, who uh, experience abuse at the hands of their their significant others, their partners, etc. And I'm not able to do anything about my friend who is stuck in the situation. I just hope, wish her well and that um, she has these helplines that uh, I have told her about her, uh, these helplines, and I hope she kind of makes use of these. Let's see where that goes for her. I just do wish her all the best. Because she's not in touch with me. She chooses not to be in touch with me because uh, this is something we disagree about vehemently um, a lot. Used to, of course, when we were in, this is when we were in touch, not anymore. So it is what it is. Yeah, that's that's hard because it, it makes you feel helpless when when you want to help and and you can't, and so it's gotta it's gotta. It's got a weigh on you for sure. It was actually, I was hoping when she came out of the city and moved to another city, moved out of her husband's house, I thought it was a, it was a change for the better because mm -hmm. I, being away would obviously, you know, make her see things clearer, see uh, him for what it, he was. But obviously there were other motivating factors like the child growing up and in India, again, like I said, very, very traditional uh, setups in the family. A uh, child has to have a two parent kind of a situation because, you know, when the child goes for admission into schools, they actually have make a point of asking, where's the dad? 
why is the dad not around? And really, yes, yes, really. Very intrusive. Yes, very intrusive and kind of frowned upon that the child doesn't, I mean, unless the parent has passed away, it's looked looked down upon that why has the mother chosen to walk away from the father? Why is the father not a figure in the child's life? And what is the mother doing wrong that the father isn't around, although he's alive and well and not separated legally? So the blame is put on the woman. The blame and the finger pointing all happens at the woman, which is one of the reasons, like I spoke about, she does not walk away because all of she doesn't want to contend with this. She doesn't want to contend with the abuse and the restarting of everything. And then, then this, and then finger pointing. Oh yeah, it's the woman's fault. So it's a lot true for a woman to deal with as she walks away from, uh, and not just abuse alone. So um, we've talked about the stigma and the problems with women trying to leave their abusers. And um, you mentioned a little bit about hotlines. Um, what positives have happened in the last 20 years with India and the government and the um, the um, non-government? Is there yeah, there are a lot of uh, NGOs, <clears throat> that is non- non-government organizations. They have opened and they have shelters. Uh, they have uh, uh, domestic violence hotlines in each and every state. So uh, they have their own numbers. So yeah, each there are state has its own hotline number. Hotline number. That's so yeah, that's, and there are many NGOs. They are helping victims of domestic violence. Aisha, you want to add something? Um, in, yes, I was very heartened to see. Uh, I obviously know something. I've googled. Uh, over the course of so many days uh, since we got to know that we are going to have this podcast. Um, personally speaking, uh, I used to hear of NGOs when we were growing up, but it was something vague and distance when we were growing up. But now we hear about all these amazing, amazing women who are doing this job at their level and they are getting you know, grants from the government to do this just like a regular nonprofit does here. But they get grants and they get uh, grants from private donors as well because there are some of those uh, in India as well. So that funds uh, a move such as an NGO uh, which is geared towards specifically towards women who are uh, abused physically and emotionally and verbally. So that has happened. That It's been a significant growth in the last 20 years. It's been almost, uh, let me just say, exponential really because mm-hmm. it was we'd never heard of it when we were growing up and now there's so many of them, thankfully. Yeah. Because uh, awareness, awareness, yeah. awareness, education, <clears throat> opportunities uh, for the women to get out of the house and earn a living and her, uh, how do you call it, her um, readiness to approach an organization for help. And that's as, ultimately what's important that's is their readiness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what would you ladies have to say to the Indian women in the Tracy area who are thinking about leaving their abuser? I will say... हेल्प है यहाँ पे अगर कुछ आप अब्यूज में हैं तो कॉल करें हमारी डोमेस्टिक वायलेंस हेल्प है चेस्ट ऑफ होप यहाँ पे तैयार हैं आपको हेल्प करने के लिए अगर आपको आपको लग रहा है कि आप डोमेस्टिक वायलेंस में हमें कॉल करें हमारा नंबर चेस्ट ऑफ होप का नंबर टू है ये हमारी हेल्पलाइन है तो हमें कॉल करें अगर आपको लगता है आप इस सिचुएशन में हम यहाँ आपको हेल्प करने के लिए हैं मैं भी कहना चाहूंगी महिलाओं से जिनको ये ये एक्सपीरियंस कर रहे हैं डोमेस्टिक वायलेंस ये ऐसा नहीं है कि कुछ फैमिलियों में होता है 
और किसी किसी फैमिली होता है या किसी के साथ भी हो सकता है किसी वजह से भी हो सकता है आप जस्ट ऑफ होप आइए नुजहत ने यहाँ पे नंबर दिया था जस्ट ऑफ होप का आप आइए आपकी मदद जरूर होगी यहाँ पे सुनने वाला है यहाँ पे आपकी मदद करने वाला है यू विल नॉट बी जज आप आपको अगर मदद की जरूरत है आप जस्ट ऑफ होप आइए आपकी सुनवाई होगी यहाँ पे Thank you ladies so much. And for all Thank our you. listeners out there, the National Domestic Hotline number is 1-800-799-7233. Chest of Hope Hotline for immediate assistance is 209-259-5552. And to find out more information on upcoming events and how you can help, check out chestofhope.org. Thank you again ladies. Thank you. Thank you.